Welcome to Terminal Value. So everything I do here at Terminal Value is based around one big question, and that is how do growth-oriented people transform their business and their life to achieve world-class levels of value in everything they do? That is the question, and I am here to bring you the answers. My name is Doug Utberg, and this is Terminal Value. I publish new podcast episodes five times per week. So make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any content. And also make sure to follow me on social. You can just look for the Doug Utberg handle. Please comment and let me know your thoughts. I'm looking forward to working together so that we can make your life amazing. Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. We have Mark Reifenrath with us today with SpinUtech.com. And what we are going to be talking about is the forgotten secret of effective lead generation. Now, this is, of course, topical because, you know, Mark runs a digital marketing agency, which is where he got his expertise from. In the pre-show, one of the things we were talking about is how there are two really important parts of lead gen. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a spoiler for the forgotten secret. And that is that you have to focus on both of them. Now, of course, I didn't give you that much of a spoiler because I haven't, haven't told you what the secrets are yet. Uh, and that's what the conversation with Mark's going to be about. Uh, so Mark, introduce yourself and uh, let's go ahead and get things going. Yeah, thanks for having me. So Mark Reifmath, I'm the current CEO and one of the co-founders of SpinUtech. We're an all digital agency. We've got about 170 passionate experts on our team across the U.S. We've got five physical locations, but uh, that really doesn't mean as much that used to. We've got about 50 <laughs> of those that are truly remote. And like you said, we're really, really good at lead generation for our clients, both big and small clients all across the U.S., different industries. And again, the team is really passionate about that and does a great job. Outstanding. Okay. Well, so for people who are listening, they're saying, all right, all right, all right. Stop the tease. What are the secrets? <laughs> so <laughs> let's just kind of start with what the two pieces are. And then I think we can dive into both of them. Yeah. So there's two parts of the equation for getting a lead. That's one, having the net, the trap, which is your website to yeah. capture those leads. And the other is what are you doing to drive the traffic to the website to convert it? And like you said, what happens so often is one gets paid attention to and the other does not. Typically, you build a website, you think you're done, and then you pay all this money to drive traffic to it, but it's not converting. Your conversion yeah. rates are a little lower. And then you think you need to change the ads to get the right people there and they will convert. But you really need to pay attention to both and tweak both of them to make it ultimately convert at a higher rate. All right. Well, let's just take them one at a time then. So we're talking about converting. So at least one of the things that I've seen is that there's kind of a dual paradigm that's coming up. I mean, because of course, you know, businesses need to have a normal looking website, but a lot of people are using landing pages and sales funnels these days. What's your experience and point of view on that? Absolutely. So there's the front door to your website. So somebody enters, they type your domain name in directly and they go there. That's one view. But yeah, depending on what it is we're trying to sell, the demographic, geographically where they're at, what the specific term they search yeah. is, we will do a lot of times dynamic landing pages to try to make that feel as specific to you and what your question or problem was you were searching for when you land on it. And that localization is super critical as well because we mm -hmm. all want to buy local. We want sometimes national brands, sometimes local brands, but feeling as though if it's a national brand that has a local presence is super important. So we could have tons of funnels, tons of landing pages, yeah. depending on 
where you're at, what you're searching for and what problem we're trying to solve for. And that's going to create a higher conversion rate because it feels as though yeah. when you land on that page, they're like, Doug's like, oh my gosh, this was exactly for what I wanted and needed. And so you are going to engage more. You're going to potentially give their information, yeah. and do that, whatever we want you to do to convert. Yeah. Well, I think that's really critically important. And because like every now and then, you know, I'll hear some people talk about how they put landing pages together that have like an 80% conversion rate. And I'm like, okay, I know it's not 80% of just anybody who, you know, of just anybody that's got to be extremely targeted traffic that goes in right. to get any kind of conversion rate that high, which gets us to the other side of the equation here, which is driving traffic into that either website or your landing page. What are some of the things you've really seen that are the critical components? Well, it's like, you know, digital is changing rapidly. So we really rely on data a lot both uh -huh. for understanding what's happened in the past, but also trying to predict what's going to happen in the future and letting that also tell us where we should be putting dollars from a media perspective, what type of content we should be creating, what platforms we should be on. So you can't really get stuck on, oh, we only do Google. We only do TikTok, whatever your thing is. Mm -hmm. We want to try and try and try. We want to fail fast, find a little honey hole of something that's working for a little bit. When it's dead, you move on. And yeah. so we really just need to be agile. And I like to say we're just chasing eyeballs. Now, use yeah. that data to refine how many eyeballs you are wanting to get in front of because you want the right ones. People want yes. traffic. We can get you as much traffic as you want. But if it's not relevant traffic, then it really doesn't matter. So using yeah. data and different platforms to really refine your audiences to get as pinpointed as possible. We'd rather have 10 people convert than yeah. send a thousand people to the site and none of them convert or one of them converts. The quality of yeah. is likely gonna be less as well. Yeah, well, and I think that's an excellent point. And just for the sake of the listeners, when you say convert, are you thinking like sign up for a newsletter or are you thinking actually buy something or both? So yeah, everybody has different conversions and, and often you could have 10 conversion points that all have different meanings. It could be a gated piece of content. It could be a newsletter sign up. It could be a form fill for an appointment or an actual sales appointment or something. So it could be a phone call. We track those too. It yeah. could be that they just watch the video. Obviously there's different ones that have different value. Ultimately, you know, if we're pushing them down the sales funnel, there's different conversions at every level of that to try to yeah. get them to the point of purchase where they actually convert to a dollar, which is really what we care about the most. Gotcha. Okay. Well, so what are some of the things that you've seen are, I don't know if I'd say effective or kind of what are some of the strategies that you've seen for getting the right kind of traffic in? Just because at least one of the things I've heard from a lot of people and I don't have the then versus now perspective because, you know, I tried as hard as I could to ignore social media for a long time. I know a lot of people who basically built their online business with dirt cheap Facebook ads, and now Facebook's just as expensive as everybody else. And so the thing that I keep kind of wondering is I'm like, okay, so if you are trying to really legitimately drive traffic, and especially if you don't have a day one revenue kind of, you know, a, a first or a day one or, or minute one re revenue offering, you know, if it's not something for an immediate sale with upsales that can liquidate the ad cost, how do you create relevant traffic? in that value positive way. Because if you get this wrong, you can go broke in a really big hurry. <laughs> All the platforms will take your money gladly yes. and very quickly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. let's simplify this in a big way. It's no different than selling in real life. We have to talk about features and benefits. We have to overcome objections and we have to ask for the sale. And so if I'm going to have a conversation with you, sometimes you just got to, if I were going to pitch you right now, what are some of the things I would say? And, and we try to, interact with sales teams as much as possible yeah. to understand 
what are their natural things they're doing that they don't even realize it to overcome mm-hmm. the objection they know that's going to come up, whether that's quality, price, time, whatever. How do we address those things as quickly as possible? So it's got to be good. It, it, a good business is a good business. A good product is a good yeah. product. And so, you know, you have to focus on some of the basic, simple things. And then yeah. are you effectively portraying that digitally as well? So I would say testing is always going to be a big part of it. When yeah. we launch a campaign, we're going to want 60, 90, 120 days of data to continually kind of make, you know, those incremental changes. And then yeah. after that, it is those 0.01s. We're making little tweaks here and there to continue to squeeze more out. But I think a simple way of viewing it is just what are the features and benefits? What do you know the objections are? And is your messaging in alignment with that? Another way to say it is, are you the best solution for the problem they search for? Got it. That's excellent. Well, I mean, because I think that applies if you're getting people to do like, say, search ads, even if you're doing like the feed ads in places like, say, Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever, it would seem to me that what you have to do there is you have to say, okay, you know, kind of based on your available categories, which the categories you can choose from are a little more broad than they used to be, you know, you used to be able to get a little more target, but you know, kind of based on what you can search from, I think you effectively have to get to, okay, what's the closest approximation you can get to your target client and then really ask those questions and then craft your ad that way. Right. And slight degree of tangency. Have you found that text image or video ads are more effective in the current day? I mean, you know, current time. I'm just curious because you obviously have a lot of samples to draw insights yeah. from. I think video, we're still, a lot of advertisers are not taking full advantage of that. So okay. the is, I always just ask people like, what are your habits? What do you engage with? Yeah. Written content, you pause, kind of keep scrolling. A picture, there's a a little longer pause video, you stop. Think of where all the eyeballs are going. It's the Instagram and TikTok stories and and videos, those shorts. I mean, I know I waste a ton of time on that. I'm seeing product placements. And so the influencer game is really, I would say the micro influencer games is just exploding now. So just another wave of kind of different things from a marketing perspective, but creative messaging, all those things fundamentally, you still got to have really sound to get us as consumers in. I would say we're a little more finicky if, if we were fish. That yeah. old bait isn't working on us anymore. We're passing on. We need something that's really, really specific to us. And so you, you got to have your messaging point on. Got it. That was kind of where my head was going, but I didn't want to bias your answer. <laughs> so, all right. So we've talked about conversion. We've talked about driving traffic. What's the key part of really pulling those together? I can tell from your conversations and just from at least my observations that tracking the data is really, really, really critical. So ultimately, at least it, it seems to me that, you know, what you really need to do is you need to figure out, okay, what is the value of a conversion? Because then that tells you what can you spend in order to basically tells you what you can spend in order to try to get a conversion. One of the things that I've been working on doing less successful than I'd like, but hopefully depending on when you're hearing this, it's uh, my situation will have improved. But I think another thing you can do too is work on figuring out how do you increase the value of that conversion? I think either by putting on backend products and services, having upsells or other things like that. Is that something that you've seen people have success with? Or you know, am I just spouting internet fairy tales? No, I mean, so there is a theory of we want the best quality of leads. If we can get that full life cycle of here's what it costs us to get that person to convert. So what was the full attribution cycle? Meaning they clicked on a paid ad, they hit you organically, they saw three display ads, and then they clicked on another paid ad and came back and converted. Well, what was that total cost? So that cost $10 and you got a $100 cart out of there or conversion, Mm -hmm. whatever. Is that good enough? 
Or is it if we do these sequence of events and we know that that's how they came in, it's a $15 cost, but the conversion to dollars was 200. Yes. So for that extra $5 in expense, you got another $100. So if we can get the true sales data piped back in, that's a beautiful thing because then we start to assess what were the high value ones? Is there something unique about them where they came from in the wild? And we can try to attract more of those. So again, back to the data, it's really important to understand that full cycle so we can try to pinpoint and really get dialed in because that's a really sweet spot to be in if you're getting conversions that are acceptable, but yeah. if you're only making them better and, and more higher value. The other thing I would say is conversion rate optimization. So you've got the ads you're mentioning yeah. and what tests are you running on your site? You know, ch- trying different language, different colors, different pictures, placement of where it's at on the site. Tons of different options on there. Our team has got a lot of great success stories of making tweaks there to get, you know, a 0.04% increase in conversion, which doesn't sound like much, but compound that over time, it really adds up. And if we keep doing those little incremental gains, that really helps out. Well, and also you figure, right, yeah, a a single 0.04% increase in conversion isn't all that much. But again, multiply it by volume and then figure that, okay, well, if you make say 200 of those 0.04% changes, yes. now you're starting to get it into material increases because in copywriting lingo, this is where they talk about trying to beat the control, right? Gary Halbert would write a letter, it'd go out and it would pull a certain, you know, for every thousand letters they sent, they'd get a certain amount of buys. And yep. so then what would happen is when they'd redo the letter, they'd try to figure out, okay, we know what response rates are from this one. Let's tweak just one or two things for the net, say for a hundred letters and see, you know, do we beat the control, right? I think this philosophy goes, you know, way back to, I mean, frankly, the early 20th century. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to read Robert Collier's letter book, but that's actually one of the things that he talks about. (laughs) He was doing mail order, I think, back in the 20s and 30s. Right. Love it. Basically, it's, you know, kind of test, tweak, and then essentially really just never stop until, yeah, (laughs) uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Basically, just never stop until you get to the point where you can't make the conversion any better. Right. Which is going to be pretty rare, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. You know, just because it would seem to me that what'll happen is, right, you know, you'll probably start at a certain amount of conversion. You'll be able to kind of tweak your way up to a higher conversion. And then at some point, your conversion rates will start going down. Yep. Exactly. I was just going to say that you're going to have regression because the problem is, is it's not a stationary environment. Correct. Every other competitor is doing the same thing or some version of it. And so you may slip on in rankings or in conversions because somebody else is their offer or whatever it is has changed. Yeah. You've got to stay very in tune with what everything is happening to make sure that you're maintaining as well as trying to gain conversions as well. Exactly. So because it's actually a kind of a good derivative topic, because I would think as you're kind of you get your conversions up to their peak and then they kind of regress. The thought on the regression is that you know there's one or two things that can be happening. Option A is that whatever you're doing isn't competitive anymore, and it might be that it's time to cut it off and move to something new. Or option B would be that there's some way that you need to kind of either reduce the way that you're pitching it, selling it, change the offer, et cetera. How do you differentiate between the two? Well, let me tell you a story that's happening right now for a lot of companies that will maybe be relevant. So last two years, there's been a lot of consumer demand in general. And so a lot of categories, industries have done very, very well. Heading into 22, a lot of planning a year ago right now was it's going to keep going. We're going to put more money into marketing so we can get more results and have another best year ever. And that was the thinking. Well, 
then the reality of what the consumer is doing is there's categories where search demand, meaning how many times people are searching for yeah. a specific category in a given month is down 15 to 30 plus percent. However, there's more ad dollars going in. So it's a very simple supply and demand situation where now our clients are paying more for fewer eyeballs in these areas. So the cost of conversion has gone up and they're finicky. So it's kind of this perfect storm of two really good years. Well, 10 or 12 really good, pretty good years. And the last two were really hot. And so the consumer is just not there. And so you've got to make some changes to one, really become more competitive. Where can you look for efficiency and spend? It's kind of trying to not a crash diet, but be a little more aggressive in our techniques to keep up because yeah. the competition, all everybody's really churning right now to try to squeeze as much as they can out of it. I hate to say recession out loud, but you know, these things, the economic pressure, yeah. let's say right now that's occurring yeah. is creating a lot of turmoil and volatility, inflation and search prices and all the different media. So it's an interesting time for that. Yeah. Well, and I think that's actually an interesting phenomenon that you just walked through because, you know, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but it makes complete sense, which is, you know, consumer demand just went bonkers during COVID. And so, yeah, everybody's saying, all right, you know, consumer demand's high, pour in the ads. And if everybody does that simultaneously, now the ad dollars start compounding, you know, and of course, with the stock market softening, with real estate growth softening, with a number of companies doing layoffs, that means consumer demand is going to start softening. And so now if you see, you know, more dollars going in, with less searches and then a lower conversion rate off of those searches. You have, it's like all three indicators are moving in the stuff is more expensive direction. Right. I guess that was kind of my other thought is that, you know, if you're trying to test out an offer, what ish is that kind of uh, that cost range that you need to make sure to budget for that? Because like, for example, you're talking 60 to 90 days. Well, you're depending on say the keywords you're buying and the amount of traffic you need to get a test. It could be rather expensive to figure out whether you have something that's sellable or not. Yeah. And so 69 days of the initial like campaign launch that we really want to get that initial data. We don't want to do any testing in that period. We have to get the base set. Uh, But then after that, it is kind of that always be testing mentality. But some clients, yeah, they don't have the traffic to really get a significance in that data to to know. But you could test a a 10% variant or something where you're only showing it to 10% of the audience to just get an indicator. Yeah. Uh, So we've got people way smarter than me that do all this stuff. Gotcha. They know what, you know, based on audience sizes and stuff, what the different significant points are and whatnot. A client with a lot of traffic, super easy, but you know, it's a good insurance policy to do this testing. If you're spending any decent sized amount of media, it's a great insurance policy to help get more out of that to get more conversion. And again, at the end of the day, we want ROI. So what is actually turning into real dollars from a sales perspective? Got it. That totally, totally makes sense. All right. Well, let's see. So I think we're getting pretty close to time, but I want to always want to make sure to give extra value to the listeners. So give us your kind of last one or two thoughts and then share your website. Let us know where we can find you on the socials. Yeah. Well, hopefully you can tell I'm super passionate about this stuff. We've got an amazing team that's super passionate about it as well. So if you're not testing or looking at both sides of the equation, I would really encourage you to do that. Make sure you're not just worried about your website from a one-time perspective. 
it's like a garden. You've got to constantly weed it, take care of it, reinvent it for the audience, especially now when it's changing. And then make sure that your messaging is spot on, your creative is good. And look what your competition is doing because they're going to attack the things that are working for you. So you got to keep evolving and changing. I'm active on LinkedIn. You can find me, Mark, Mark with a C, and then Reifenrath, uh, R-E-I-F-E-N-R-A-T-H. I talk a lot about culture and core values and then anything digital marketing as well. And happy to connect as always on any of that. All right. Outstanding. Hey, Mark, I really, really do appreciate your time today. Absolutely. It was fun. All right. You have a great time. Hey, thanks for watching to the end of the video. There's just a couple of things that I need from you right now. Number one is I need you to subscribe. If you're not already a subscriber to the channel, please hit the subscribe button and turn notifications on. That way you will know every time I publish new content. Number two, comment, share your thoughts. I wanna know what you did and didn't like. What should I make next? And number three, share this with your friends. Go on to Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, wherever you, uh, you hang out socially, and then post a link to this video and let people know what you liked about it and make sure to tag me. And then what I would also like to do is I would like to offer you the most incredible free gift ever. And this is related to my business where I help other businesses reduce their contract related costs. If you are a decision maker in a business, then I want to talk with you to see about how we can address your contract costs and drive savings. If you know somebody who is a business decision maker, then I would like you to help me get in contact with them. And in exchange, I am going to give you a absolutely free vacation at one of 30 places across the United States with no obligation and no timeshare pitch. Uh, the value of this, again, depending on how much savings we achieve, can literally be between thousands and millions. So anyway, just hit the button below for the most incredible free gift ever. Make sure to subscribe, share, and comment, and watch the next video because I'll be at you with more.